Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome to California Haunts Radio tonight. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host. Um, I want to welcome everybody. Boy, the temperatures around here are strange, to say the least, for February. We hit 74 degrees today. I hate to make you guys on the East Coast jealous, but sorry. Loving California weather, right? I think we're going to max out at 76 this week at some point. Um, I want to start the show off on a, on a kind of sad note. Longtime producer, Monica Funk, um, who's been with me on, on my paranormal team for probably the good part of... Let me do this so I don't like knock this thing off. It'll fall off. It really will. Let me tighten this on. Okay. Um, she's been with me for the better part of ten years on my paranormal team. She's actually been my my right hand number one person. You know, like 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 Riker to Picard. That's what she's been all these years. And uh, she passed away this morning after a long fight with diabetes and another illness that came up. And uh, so uh, it was early this morning, and so this show tonight is kind of significant. You know, maybe maybe she timed it that way. I don't know. You know this Monica's funny because I know I've been told that from from friends, you know, mutual friends, that she intends to come back and haunt me to prove that there are ghosts and stuff. So we'll see. But anyway, she passed away this morning, and um, I just, if she's listening, I just want to thank her for everything because we wouldn't have a show without her you know she's the one that she bought the first mic set up the first mic i had and uh a lot of the padding for this 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 studio so you know i gotta thank her for it um yeah and uh yeah so it's it's a sad day for california haunts radio and california haunts very sweet person always thinking of everybody else ahead of herself yeah and uh I can't say enough about her. You know, she's just terrific. And uh, lost her today. She's 47 years old. And she's our one of our executive producers on the show. Rest in peace, Monica. All right. Back to the here and now. What are you guys doing on February 19th, 20th? I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be at the Mystical Minds Convention down, down in San Jose. I'm going to get to speak, talk about ghost hunting. There's a good chance for you to come down and meet me. It's get, get to know me a little bit. I'm not so scary in person. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be there with, with a few other really cool people that are going to be talking about their stuff too. Because the Mystical Minds Convention isn't just about the paranormal. It's about mysticism. It's about paganism. So, you know, there's different topics that that we're going to be talking on. And so the speakers, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not only me. It's it's Nazir Nazir Mohammed Shohan, Lorian Fenton, Brad Olson, Michael Fury, Drake Fury, Robin, uh, Tiffany Turner, Robin Korak, Beth Seligman, and um, Shannon Del Florentino. But come on down and join us that weekend. It's going to be two days, you know, two days of speakers and, um, displays and uh, we're going to have some panels that you guys can do question, you know, question and answers with us. So come on down and visit us at uh, mysticalmindsconvention.com February 19th and 20th. Business done. Again, like I keep saying, I want to have a thing where I, you know, put it back. Make a noise. Like David Letterman, right? The whole glass thing when he throws it, it sends it flying. Tonight we have a great show lined up. Okay. Julie Ryan is going to be with us and I've heard her again on another radio show and it's a, the 12 steps of, of, of transitioning when, when someone dies. And it was very meaningful, very interesting. And I think you guys are going to like it. In fact, for me today, it really, it really hits home because of my, uh, of my good friend. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to get, I'm going to bring Julie Ryan in. Hello. Hi, hi. Good evening. How are you? 
I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm so sorry about your friend. My goodness. Oh, it's so hard. It's really Especially hard. Especially when it, was she sick for a while or it was very unexpected today? She was sick for a while. And mm -hmm. uh, she decided uh, to go to Disneyland for one last fling. And she, and she was able to do that, but they didn't make it home. So, oh, heavens. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. At least she got the trip in, you know? Yeah. Real sweet yeah. person. Very giving. Mm -hmm. You know, always thought of others before herself. So, oh, the big loss in the world. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Tell me about you. Well, I'm a businesswoman and an inventor who learned how to do woo woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness. Woo woo. <laughs> I like that. And I, I, like and I teach I teach all. people I teach people all over the world, Charlotte, what to how to do woo woo. And and everybody everybody comes in equipped. Everybody can do it. It's just a matter of developing and then enhancing it. We all come in with the ability. We all do it, but most of us aren't aware that we're doing it. Is it because as we get older, we just, you know, because I know kids will have imaginary friends, you know, this is going on. And, you know, like they go through puberty, that, that whole thing. Even the Waltons had to think about this, you know, the, the whole, you know, they do activity. Did you the see, Waltons? see that? No, no. Elizabeth is too. Okay, oh. guys, listen for this. For people that watch the, the reruns of the Waltons, I even have a copy of it to show clients. Oh, my gosh. And Elizabeth is coming, is coming of age and stuff starts to move around the house and happen. Doors start slamming. The radio shuts off and they can't figure out what it is. And they're fighting with her because the windows are opening, rocks are coming in, all this stuff's happening. You know, you know, the bed's bouncing up and down. And it's Corbeth Godsey that figures out what it is and tells Olivia. Oh my God. That she's going through puberty and this is what's happening. Please send me the link to that. We'll I, that. I could use that. It's called the changeling. The changeling. Yeah, all right. It's called the changeling. The That's the episode. Night, mama. Night, John boy. <laughs> Night, daddy. Clients that have that have kids going through puberty. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's in it's throughout all of uh the literature and all holy texts about spirits and angels and saints and the whole nine yards. So it's not anything new. It's just I think as we've become more well educated, we want to see proof now. You oh. know, we're a we're an instant gratification culture. So we want to see proof right now. Show me for sure that this is what's happening. And uh, a lot of times we can. A lot of times we get information that really resonates with the family when we're talking with their spirits. So my buffet of psychicness is most of the work that I do, Charlotte, is I'm, a, I'm like a human MRI. I can scan people anywhere in the world or out of the world. I mean, I, if you were on Mars, I could, I could connect with you there. And it's like, I'm a human MRI. I connect my spirit to their spirit. I envision shooting energy into them. And then I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, whatever, cancer, tumors, whatever in my mind's eye. And then I watch and facilitate energetic healing. So it's spirit working through me and with me. And the stories of people, I worked with a client this morning. I just got an email while I was waiting to come on with you. And and um, she was having ear problems. She said, my ear drained. It's opened up. Thank you so much for this morning. And it's not me doing it. It's spirit working through me and with me. And we all heal ourselves. You know, there isn't a doctor or a shaman or a medical provider or a healer that heals anybody else. At the end of a surgery, the, the surgeon closes with staples and sutures. The surgeon doesn't make the patient's skin grow back. The patient makes her own skin grow back. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I help facilitate healing so the person can help heal themselves. I do that. We talk to deceased loved ones. We can talk to any spirit attached to a body or not. doesn't matter. We can talk to pets, spirits, alive or deceased. That's always fun. Past lives are a blast because oftentimes we can get information that we can corroborate with historic documents online. And, you know, I always say, I can't make this stuff up. I'm not that creative. And then uh, what else? Uh, spirit guides. I can tell how close to death somebody is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it before, the 12 phases of transition right. and 
we can talk more about that. So it's sure. just a ball. It's so much fun. And everybody that does it just has so much fun with it. I love it because you call it woo-woo. I think it's great. Yeah. I like your attitude about, about the whole thing because some people get really spooked out by it. You know what I mean? And and there's nothing to be spooked out by. I was just going to ask you something. See, I forgot. I lost my, see, my, my train. See, I'm so enthused in what you're saying. My train of thought went, you know. But um, I, I love the fact that, that, that you call it woo-woo because, like I said, a lot of people get spooked out. Oh, I know what I was going to say. When you were talking about having to prove it. I knew I knew I knew a psychic a few years ago, and um, she had agreed to go on a TV show with other psychics to do a test. Yeah. And the problem I see with that is not everybody has the same gifts, so it wasn't fair. Well, I think it's it's not just gifts; it's developing. Everybody can throw a football. You're not right. going to be Tom Brady unless you spend a lot of time doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is the same thing. We've all had situations where we think of somebody, Charlotte, or we, and then pretty soon thereafter, perhaps in the same day, we'll run into them or we'll get a call or a text or an email from right. them. And we'll say, Oh, I was just thinking of you. What a coincidence. Well, no coincidences in life. It's mm -hmm. all part of your psychic ability. Furthermore, when we go against what our gut instinct is on something because intellectually it doesn't make sense to us most of the time we regret it mm -hmm. and so that's all of our i call it our internal gps system that we all come in little kids to your point earlier little kids do this naturally with their imaginary friends or they can talk to deceased loved ones that were dead long before they were born and they're talking to their parents about Grandpa Joe, who comes to visit him. I had a, a mom recently that told me that her two-year-old, uh, I said, your two-year-old can see your deceased grandfather. So it would be this child's great-grandfather. And I said, and he he plays trains with him, the, the great-grandfather does. And she said, that's so bizarre because this baby walks around the house yelling choo-choo and we have not presented trains to him in any way. And I said, well, now you know where that's coming from. So we'll get validations like that from spirit. I had a woman, I guess it was uh, last week, she had passed a couple of weeks prior and it was her husband and her daughter on the phone. And and we were getting information from the, the late mom and wife. And she kept talking about graham crackers. Graham crackers. What's up with that? And her husband said she, every day for her snack, she would have a graham cracker with Nutella on it. Oh, wow. And he said, this morning, I just moved two boxes of graham crackers to a different place in the pantry because I couldn't bear to get rid of them. So, you know, I mean, random things. And sometimes, Charlotte, when these things come in my head, I've just learned I, I don't edit anything. I just tell what I'm getting. I'm just the conduit. And I'll say, okay, she's talking about graham crackers. Another fun story, I had a, a client whose parents died quickly one after the other, and she had their ashes. And she lived in Boston, I believe. And she said, I don't know what to do with their ashes. We were communicating with her parents. And she said, ask them what they want me to do with, with their ashes. And I said, they want you to sprinkle them in Yosemite. And she burst into tears. And Charlotte, I thought, oh, no, I've offended this woman. And she said, no, 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 they were married there. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Endless stories. Well, when I teach psychic development, I teach uh, basic psychic development. And when I teach it, I always tell them, don't be afraid because there's really no wrong answers. Because there right. isn't. Because whatever whatever pops in your head could be, the, you know, could, could be that thing that connects with your client. Right. You know. So, like yeah. graham crackers. Right. The graham crackers, for instance. Like when you said that. Yeah. That's why I brought it up because it was just kind of cool. You know? Right. Let's talk about death. I mean, I, I was a caregiver to both my, my father and mother. And, you know, um, it was an interesting process to watch because for weeks before my father passed away, because I'm, I'm in the room where he was, and uh, there's like a bathroom behind me with the door open and he was facing the bathroom. And for weeks before he passed, he would say that he would see someone in the mirror walk by. And I thought that was interesting. And my mother is sensitive or was sensitive. And 
for like months before she passed, she was getting visitors. And even at one point, I, I had to go on an investigation and left her with a friend to take care of her. And my friend said she started yelling because it sounded like someone came to get her. And she was saying, I'm not ready yet. Go away. You know, but I remember that even when I would take her to the hospital, she'd say, yeah, daddy's over there. You know, so she was seeing people, you know, right up until the time she passed away. And it's not unnerving. I mean, I knew what it was. Just like when you go to the doctor, the doctor says, well, is she hallucinating? And you don't know what to say because you're like, well, I'm a ghost hunter. So I don't <laughs> think she's a loser. I don't know what to say to you, dude. You know, <laughs> seeing dead people. You know? So, yeah. So like the, Bruce Willis in the movie, right? Yeah. My, I mean, it was, it was my mommy can see dead people. Yeah. yeah. Was that is because I mean, they would think she's hallucinating. And, I, and right. I think, well, no, because she's seen my father and my grandmother and, you know, and all these people. So you wrote this book about the transitions. And why did you write this? Because you wanted to, to help people, you know, who were dealing with, with this? No, because I was prodded by a dead pope who's there my spirit guide. And his name is Pope Clement. And he came in one day when I was with my mentor, Charlotte, and and he showed up his whole pope outfit, you know, the hat and the vestments and the red shoes and the whole nine yards. And and I and I said, Well, hi there, who are you? And he said, I'm I mean obviously he was a pope, his spirit. And he's and now, you know, 12 years Catholic school, so I know what a pope looks like. Right. So I said, well, who are you? And he said, well, I'm, I'm Clement. And I said, Clement? I never heard of a Pope Clement. And he laughed and he said, well, I was number six. I said, okay, great. How may I help you? Kind of like, why are you here? Right. And he said, you're supposed to tell the world what happens. You're supposed to teach the world what happens when somebody dies because everybody's so afraid of it and there's nothing to be afraid of. It's mm -hmm. a glorious experience from the spirit side. And I said to him, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People are going to think I'm nuts. <laughs> he laughed and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on with it. He treats me like a Nike ad, Charlotte. He'll say, yeah, just do it. So I leave and I get in my car and just for kicks, I Googled him. Well, come to find out this guy was in office during the Black Plague when two thirds of Europe died and he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And I thought, oh, for God's sakes, I can't make that up. And so he prodded me. And, and honestly, it took me a few years before I had the golden ovary courage. You know, boys have brass balls, girls have golden ovaries. Sure. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I just learned yeah. something new. Yeah. And to I have don't have cojones, guys. I do not have female cojones. I have, I have golden ovaries. Golden ovaries. That's right. And so the final catalyst for me to really do something with it was, I was sitting at church one Sunday and my son, it was before he was grown and gone. He was on one side of me. My husband was on the other side. And the priest from the altar during the sermon, Charlotte says, wouldn't it be interesting if somebody, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody could tell us if we're really greeted by angels and our deceased loved ones and escorted to heaven when we die? Because he went on to say, he said, you know, people are so afraid. They don't know if they're going to fly or fry when they die. <laughs> and so I'm getting elbowed, you know? So I thought he said, okay, God, really from the pulpit, you're giving me grief on this. Okay. 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 So I, I released this information and it's just been overwhelming the people that write to me in emails or in texts charlotte that just tell me how much it means to them and how much comfort they get and and how it's taken the fear out of dying which is what clement's been all about so much so and i didn't see this coming my church, my parish gives a copy of my book to every family that comes in to plan a funeral. Really? And many churches and synagogues around the country use it in their Bible study and in their, their book clubs. So I get emails a lot saying, hey, we need 100 books. Can you get us some at a discounted rate? And I said, yeah, you know, of course, I'm thrilled to, to help. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That yeah. is huge. Yeah, because I live in the deep south. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I thought I'm gonna have the Klan burn it across in my front yard, you know, the men in white hoods on horseback burn it across in my front yard. And that has not been the case. This really resonates with people. Wow, that is huge. Yeah. So tell us about the steps. Well, the first time I saw this was with my own mother. 
in 2002 when she was dying. And, and uh, what happens is as we're dying, our spirit exits the body through the top of the head, Charlotte. And it looks like a bubble hangs on to the top of the head. And it, it reminds me of a cartoon caption bubble, you know, where the cartoon characters, words or thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And, and when you hear about near death experiences, people who are talking about a near death experience, they talk about going through a vortex. That's I, I witness this as people are, are in their final stages of life. And then what happens is the maternal spirit closest to the person who's dying, their spirit shows up. So in my case, my mother's deceased. She would be the one that would show up first. Mm -hmm. If she was still alive, it would be my maternal grandmother. If she was still alive, it would be her mother, always on the maternal side. And then the paternal spirit shows up again on the maternal side. So it would be my dad. If Mm -hmm. my dad was still alive, it would be my mother's dad. If he was still alive, it would be my grandmother's father. It's always on the maternal line. And it's the maternal spirit that really runs the show from the spirit world, which was a big surprise to me. I thought it'd be God or some the guardian angel or somebody like that. It's not. It is the mother. It is the maternal spirit. So the maternal spirit then calls in angels and they form a circle around the person who's dying. And these are big old angels, Charlotte. They They look to me like they're depicted in the paintings and the statuary, you know, big wings, white gown, belted at the waist with a rope, barefoot, hair cascading in curls down to their shoulders. And they form a circle and then they open up into a horseshoe and then eventually a straight line across, if somebody's in the bed, for instance, across the bottom of the bed. And um, a couple of nuances, other things that happen, the, the spirits of deceased pets show up. And I, I thought when my mother was dying, I thought, oh my God, am I hallucinating? Am I having a midlife crisis? Am I, you know, am I having a hot flash? What's happening here? Because I saw dogs that we'd had that had been dead for years that we'd had when I was a kid. And there were other dogs and other animals in the room. And I didn't know who they were. But at my mother's funeral, my her bro, only sibling, my uncle Bob, I was describing these animals to him, and he's going, "Oh, well, that was Rusty, our dog, and that was Fluffy, our cat, or whatever." So then, the animals show up. More and more spirits come. I call them the Welcome to Heaven Committee, and they come from all lifetimes, and they show up in period dress, which is really interesting. So there may be people there from the Renaissance era, or I've seen many times somebody in a, like a um, Twiggy outfit, you know, mini skirt, white go-go boots. It's hysterical, the different things that, that are there. And then at my, when my mother was dying, I was seeing these people's spirits that have been dead for 20 or more years that I hadn't thought of since they died but they were very important to her in her life. And then many other spirits to the point where at the end, right when they transition and go on to heaven, there are so many spirits there to welcome them. Charlotte, they look like dots on the horizon. It's like the, the walls in the room go away, the side walls and the back wall. And it's just like this massive crowd of spirits. Another thing that's interesting that happens is around phase nine of 12, there are two extra angels that show up. Or I take that back. Midway, there are two extra angels that show up. About phase nine, their wings begin to move. And I mean, these are giant angel wings. And again, when I saw this with my mother, I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. You know, it was wild. And their wings started to move and they reminded me of a giant owl who flies silently through the night, but their wings are so massive that you can almost feel the drag that they create when they fly. So these angel wings begin to move and they form a vortex. Looks like a funnel cloud, like a tornado cloud mm-hmm. above the, the spirit bubble, above the person who's dying above their head. And when that starts to happen, I can feel and I can see a an upward pull. 
it reminds me of being in the car wash when you stay in the car and you get to the end and they turn the dryers on and it's sucking all the water off your car before you leave the car wash. That's that's what it reminds me of. I mean, it's this intense upward pull. And I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. And that's what the spirit exits through when those NDEers talk about exiting through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's a funnel. It's like a funnel. And uh, so when I was writing my book, I thought just for kicks, I was led to to research giant owl wings vortex. Mm-hmm. Come to find out there's this thing called the wingtip vortex which is a phenomenon that anything that flies, whether it be a bug or a bird or a plane or a jet or a kite, whatever, it's a phenomenon that happens that causes upward lift. So if you look up wingtip vortex, there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of aeronautical engineering drawings, pictures of wingtip vortices, you know, all this stuff online. And so I love it when science catches up with woo-woo because woo-woo has been around a whole lot longer than this science stuff has. That's right. But there's, there's lots and lots of information out there. One other thing that I find really fascinating too, actually, one is at at the end of every Roman Catholic funeral, there's a a prayer said called in paradisum, Mm -hmm. which in Latin means into paradise. And it talks about how the angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. That's what I see when I'm scanning somebody. And I, again, researched that and I learned that it originated as a fifth century Gregorian chant. So I have to believe, Charlotte, that perhaps it took till the fifth century till somebody was well-educated enough that they could read and write. And certainly back then, some of the most well-educated people were monks, were men living in monasteries and synagogues. Mm -hmm. The other interesting thing to your point earlier about both of your parents being able to see deceased loved ones is there's been university-based research done on this. And the statistics show that close to 90% of people see either in visions or dreams the spirits of deceased loved ones who come to welcome them and greet them. So again, science has caught up with woo-woo on this. So it's great when it's validated and corroborated by by university-based research. When you uh, getting back, let's, let's jump back to the animal thing. I know there's a lot of animal lovers out there, you know, that have lost pets. I find that interesting because my father, uh, during one of his bouts of, of pneumonia, when he, when he went, you know, when they had to revive him, he spoke of a dog that he had in the military, and it it showed up at, at the end of his bed. Yeah. And I guess he thought, well, I'm going to follow you, you know, wherever you're going. And the dog kind of in his head, he heard the dog say, "No, it's not not your time yet." Uh, and the dog turned around and went back the other way. But he vis- when he vividly remembered that when he got out of the hospital. Yeah. He said, yeah, I saw him. I, I saw I saw Laddie. I saw the dog. Yeah, it's very common. It's really funny when there are a bunch of farm animals in the room. <laughs> and I'll say, did Grandma crow up on a farm or does she live on a farm now? Because I'll be working with the family. And Grandma can't speak at this point. Uh-huh. You know, she's near the end. And And there'll be horses and chicks and ducks and pigs and cows and stuff like that. And so I can always tell that it's the, the other thing that's interesting about this is that the 12 phases of transition happen regardless of whether death happens very suddenly, like in the case of a homicide or suicide, or whether it takes days, weeks, months, even years, because time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time is a human creation. So it's feasible that a hundred lifetimes of a hundred years apiece may not even be a blip on the radar screen. And I find that fascinating too, that people worry if their loved one commits suicide or, or dies very instantly in a car crash or something that they're not surrounded by angels. Well, I'm here to tell you, nobody dies alone. Everybody's surrounded by, by angels and deceased loved ones. And like all dogs go to heaven, all people go to heaven too. Here's a question from the chat room um, from Athena. Uh, as a Catholic, how do you square past lives in purgatory? 
Purgatory, do, purgatory doesn't exist. Purgatory and hell were were concocted by religions and cultures to help control the the masses. What you know? What we've lived this the last two years. What controls people better than anything? Fear, right? right. So fear has been used by all of the world's great cultures and religions to control people. It doesn't exist. Okay. Okay. Here's another uh, statement from somebody. Before I got a reading once, I thought in my mind that if the medium spoke of a white dog, which was my dog that died, I would know what he was saying was true. He told me he was seeing a little white dog running back and forth. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is the medium can't control the information that they receive from spirit. It's not like Jeopardy. You know, right. you ask questions and you look for the right answer. It's, I, I had a client one time who was trying to do that and his wife had died and it was his birthday and he kept saying, okay, what is, what are the messages my wife has for me? And she didn't, she was primarily concerned about his health. So she was telling him all this stuff about his health and go get this check, go get that check. Well, that wasn't what he wanted to hear. And he broke into tears. And I said, I, I can't control what your, your late wife is wanting me to pass on to you. And it was obvious to me that it was very upsetting to him. So I just, I ended the call and I gave him his money back because my role is not to upset anybody. My role is to comfort, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important for people to understand that spirit's going to communicate what they want to communicate. And if that's not what you want to hear, I'm sorry, but that's just what, you know, what they're saying to us, to the, you know, the medium. Right. So when you essentially are sucked out, I can't say it that way, but the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. That whole vacuum thing going on. Right. Is there a sensation for you, you know, as you're, as you're laying there, or do you, do you know that, you know, if they feel, if the loved one feels the sensation of being taken out? I think, I think a lot of them do. They talk about, uh, going through a tunnel and then there's this brilliant light. I'll, I'll have some people there with this woman, the Graham, Graham Cracker woman was telling me, she kept saying he called into my show. The husband called into my weekly call-in show, asked Julie Ryan. He called in the afternoon, the evening of the day that she died that afternoon. And so we talked to her that night on the show and, she kept saying that it it was like being inside a kaleidoscope of these iridescent colors. She said it was like shards of glass with these iridescent colors, but they weren't sharp, but it was just magnificent. She said it was almost like looking at the most magnificent, magnificent stained glass window you can imagine. And then like a bazillion percent more magnificent. So then when we talked a couple of weeks later, when they did a private consult with me, then we, she, she repeated that. She said it was like a kaleidoscope. I hear different things from different spirits. And I think so much of it, Charlotte is based on our frame of reference. Mm-hmm. What, what is our frame of reference when we're in human form? And it's going to, it's going to help us have a perspective perhaps that's maybe different from somebody else. This woman talking about a kaleidoscope, I had heard that in different ways described, but come to find out when I was talking with her husband and her daughter, a couple of weeks later, they have an antique kaleidoscope on their mantle. So that was an analogy that she knew would resonate with them. Right. There's a description for it. Yeah. Now once they now once they end up going into the kaleidoscope, what happens after that? Then they come out the other side of the vortex, and they're those angels that were on either side of the spirit bubble. They escort them to heaven, and heaven is up and to the right. You know, like in all the old masters paintings, when you see somebody going to heaven, it's like they're all flying up and to the right. And heaven looks to me, Charlotte, like this big yellow whitish plasma wall Mm -hmm. and you go through it and there's no trace. Did you see the movie contact with Jodie Foster? Yes. You know how at the end she touches like the air and it looks like it's a plasma substance. That's what, that's what the pearly gates look like to me. And 
I have to say, I've never seen St. Peter with a clipboard out in front saying, okay, you're allowed in. No, you need to go burn for eternity. I've never seen that. <laughs> I know there's been people I've joked about that, you know, that pass away. And I think, boy, I'd like to be a fly on the wall when they, <laughs> I know. When they turn across the room. Yeah. Um, my, in my father's case, I, I remember after he passed, his eyes, you know, you, you always expect the eyes to be, you know, either like them, you know, either rolled up or just straight ahead. He was, his eyes were looking off to the right at something when he passed. Could that be the direction that his mother was coming in through the door or, or whatever? I mean, you know. Well, it could be, but it was probably that his, he was being carried up and to the right by the angels. His spirit that was. was. That's why I wanted to ask because that, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because it was, his eyes were looking to the right. I thought that's mm -hmm. really odd because he's looking over there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So he carried up. Then what happens? Then they go through the plasma wall of heaven, the pearly gates, as we've been been heard it described. And then their family and friends, their deceased family and friends are waiting for them on the other side. There's an exercise that I do with people when they're dying, because a lot of people are very afraid to mm -hmm. die because they've been brought up thinking, okay, you know, you better do what you're supposed to do or you're going to burn in hell for forever. Well, yeah, hell doesn't exist. So they're very afraid. And I do this, what I call the walk to heaven, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And so I disconnect my spirit from my body. They, we disconnect their spirit from their body and we walk into the setting sun through the desert into the setting sun. And once we get into the setting sun, there's this black hole in the middle of it. And we go through this tunnel and I equate the tunnel to a wormhole that they talk about in, in sci-fi, you know, and in, in astronomy, it's a real thing. It's supposedly uh -huh. a, a tunnel between galaxies. Remember starship enterprise would enter the wormhole to go to the Andromeda galaxy or whatever. Right. And, and then uh, once we get through the wormhole, then we're at the pearly gates. We walk through the plasma wall and all their family and friends are there in a group waiting to see them. And um, most people want to stay, but then we'll turn around. We'll walk back through the plasma wall. We'll come back through the black hole and, and the, the wormhole and through the setting sun. And then I'll reattach their spirit to their body and reattach mine to mine. And invariably that will help soothe them. There's one gentleman in particular that I remember that we did this and he was suffering and he didn't want hospice and he didn't want any drugs and he didn't want, I mean, he was just being snarky to his family. And so we did the walk to heaven with him. Well, we got back, he turned around because he wanted to go see it a second time just to be sure he was really seeing what he thought he was seeing. So we did. And then, and then we got back and reattached his spirit and he died the next day, which well, is very common that they'll pass fairly quickly after we do the walk to heaven, because that fear is abated and, and alleviated. Um, is there a time period once they get, you know, to that point that we were just talking about now, is, is there, is there like a, a, a time period for adjustment or are they just there already, you know, with the relatives and all that? Time period period for adjustment when they're in heaven. Yeah, I mean, do, do, do they have to adjust to to the, yeah. the lifestyle? Well, not you know what I mean, the soul style. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think kind of like we all come in with the ability to communicate telepathically. That their spirit knows what to do. They've been there many many times. This was like a trip, okay. and again, time doesn't exist in the spirit world, so it's a blip on the radar screen. Mm -hmm. But no, what I hear from spirit, who knows for sure, we're going to know when we go back to non-physical, but what I've heard repeatedly from spirit, I mean, thousands and thousands of times is that they think of something and it immediately materializes. So you want to ski the Matterhorn in the morning, fine. And, you know, five minutes later in our time, mm -hmm. uh, you want to be on safari in Africa, fine, you're doing that. Whereas in our human existence, we think of something and that's how we create, but there's a time lag mm -hmm. for us to manifest something. And there needs to be because it helps us clarify exactly what we want. And, and then it, but it's the same concept. It's just in heaven, it materializes immediately. 
and uh, and here it takes a little bit longer. Do they still feel the pull? You know, as they're leaving, do they still feel the pull of of the pe people that are left behind? I think there's an immense amount of love for those people. I'll hear from people after they've passed things like when the family's saying they sat with grandma for two weeks and aunt Betty was in the room with grandma and she left to go to get a cup of coffee and she was gone for five minutes. Grandma checked out while aunt Betty was out of the room and aunt Betty's grief stricken and feels so guilty. And grandma says, I, I, I just wanted to do it and I wanted it to not be an event and I didn't want to burden anybody. My own grandmother, my Mima, was in the hospital. She was six weeks shy of 100 and I fed her a full dinner. She drank a cup of coffee. She ate dessert and she checked out an hour later. I guess she wanted to go to heaven on a full stomach. <laughs> I was, we, we were just saying, what? When the hospital called to tell us that she had passed. New Year's Eve, no less. She did not want to see a hundred. She was not interested. So she checked wow. out. Yeah, and we all decide, we all decide when we go, where we go, how we go, who's with us when we go, and what the circumstances are. And even if somebody's shot or you know, something awful, tragic wow. happens to them, their spirit decides that's how they're gonna go. And um, so I think that's interesting too. And that helps relieve a lot of guilt for the family that's left behind. And, and when we see passings that we would consider to be horrific, I believe it's important for us to remember that in the spirit world, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. It's just an experience. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to my next question out of the chat room is, what happens to people that have done bad things here on earth, like, like murderers or say someone like Adolf Hitler? Yeah. Everybody's spirit is pure love. And that's the role they play in this incarnation, this human incarnation. And we incarnate unlimited times. And it's like we're playing a script. You know, we're playing a part in a, in a play or a movie to a script. And we create it as we go, but that's what our spirit wants to experience. So perhaps Hitler, most of us think, you know, you think who was the most awful person that ever lived in our life, you know, in our recent lifetime. And Hitler usually comes up. And you got to think, well, what did Hitler experience in a past life? Was he persecuted? Was he the son of, the friend of, the spouse of, the colleague of, the whatever in uh -huh. this round? he wanted to see what it was like to be the one that was doing the persecuting spirit can only do one thing, Charlotte, and uh -huh. that's send love. That's it. That's all spirit can do. It's like the sun. The sun does one thing. The sun shines. Sun doesn't uh -huh. care if it's raining, if it's 70 degrees in California or it's 12 below in Boston, sun doesn't care. Sun's just going to shine. Uh -huh. And that's the same with spirit. So all of the personality traits stay with the body when somebody dies. Now, those personality traits will be assumed when we're talking with per perhaps a, uh, you know, a, a loved one that's still left behind. And just so that the loved one can understand that that really is their deceased uh -huh. mom or grandmother or whomever with whom they're talking. Now, if someone reincarnates, what happens? I mean, the, 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 the part of the re reincarnate and then their essence stays there for the, you know, for the leftover family or how does that work? Great question. Who knows for sure? Uh -huh. The schools of thought that I, that resonate with me are that uh, are, were made in the image and likeness of God. Most of us believe that God looks like Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movies or, or yeah. Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, some old man with a white beard, and, yeah. you know, yeah. long hair. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's not my, my perception. My perception is we're made in the image and likeness of God in spirit form. Mm -hmm. So if God can be everywhere all at the same time, so can we. So I believe part of our spirit stays in heaven all the time. Part of our spirit reincarnates. There are lots of schools of thought that there are, are multiple realities all happening concurrently. Mm -hmm. And I teach people, as I mentioned, how to do this. I teach a class quarterly and I just finished the January class. People from all walks of life 
physicians, scientists, professors, plumbers, housewives, bus drivers, whatever. If you're mm -hmm. interested in this, everybody can do this. Everybody learns how to do this. They can all do it at the end of, of four Saturdays. And so my last class, I had a quantum physicist who teaches at Oxford in mm -hmm. England. And she explained that, that the quantum physics principles are that everything comes from one cell, mm -hmm. all realities, all life, all everything. And I believe that source, that's God, that's energy. Everything's energy. Everything comes from one cell. So it was interesting to have her perspective on mm -hmm. the quantum physics side of the equation, which is way above my pay grade. All right. I know is here's what I get, you know, when I, when I talk with spirit and I know that everybody can talk with spirit and we all do, we're just mm -hmm. not aware that we're doing it. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So once they're in heaven, I mean, so they're able to go anywhere they want, do, you know, do, do whatever they want. Is there any kind of review that, you know, that there's always the, the talk of the review that the life review you got to go through and then figuring out you know what you want to do in your next life. Is there any of that going on? Yeah, but it, but remember time doesn't happen in the spirit world. So it's not like they're sitting in a classroom watching a slideshow of their life. I I've seen spirits show me pictures or it's kind of like I'm watching a movie. There was this one guy, we were talking to this gal's dad and, and he was saying, she said, well, what, what is he interested in? You know, what's he, what's he learning in heaven? And he said he was interested in ancient Roman literature. I said, well, that's random. Why? And he said, because I love everything, everything gladiator. And oh. his daughter gasped. And I said, what? She said that was his favorite movie. He must have watched it a hundred times. And and he showed me this big, huge book. It reminded me of something that you'd see in Dumbledore's office in Harry Potter. And the, I mean, it was like this thick. It was wow, probably a foot thick, maybe longer, maybe bigger. And it was open and the pages were just flipping. It took just a couple of seconds to go through all the pages and then it shut. He said, okay, I got all the information out of there. So again, time doesn't happen in the spirit world. It's just a, a human creation. Very interesting. This is all yeah. Very yeah. Interesting. The stuff I get to see is just magnificent. And that's why this is so much fun because I get to see new stuff all the day, every day. I see new healings. I see new adventures of spirit in heaven. And it's, yeah, it's really, really fun. There's a question out of the chat room. Do children get to choose their parents before they're conceived? Absolutely. Yes. We choose where we're born, when we're born, to whom we're born. So our lives can have a basic trajectory that will put us on a path that we can explore whatever it is our spirit wants to explore because the spirit expands in physical incarnations. The spirit doesn't expand when it's in heaven, uh -huh. the spirit incarnates so that it can expand. And we expand through each experience because each experience is valuable for every person on the planet. Cause you think about it, Charlotte, it's the only time like you and I, this is the only time this will ever happen of us having this conversation on this day at this time in this situation with these topics. It's never happened before. It will never happen again exactly like this. So each experience we have expands our spirit and then we we come up with something else that we want to explore. So we'll come in with a basic thing like you want to be a teacher. Well, there are bazillion ways to be a teacher. You can mm -hmm. teach in a school. You can teach a bunch of different grades. You can be a corporate teacher. You can teach your kids. You can teach dogs. You can, I mean, there's lots of endless ways to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then there will be lots of other things that we'll explore in that lifetime as well. And if you think about when you want to accomplish something and once you're done accomplishing it, so you're creating it as you accomplish it. And then once it's done, what do you do? You create, they dream up something else to create. So that's why we're here is to create. That's the bottom line for all of us is we want to create. And then when we're done, we die and we go to heaven and then we dream up something else to come back and in a, a subsequent life to create. 
So it's a, it's an endless cycle that spirit sees as fun. Spirit doesn't have a, a right or a wrong in an experience. It's just fun to have the experience. Got a couple questions. One is, uh, what about passings of sudden death, such as choking on your own, you know, vial? Are, are they met by loved ones? Absolutely. Everybody and angels surrounded by angels and loved ones. Yes. And pets. Absolutely. Um, another question. Boy, they're, they're, they're hot tonight asking a question. You got, Good. You got going. So people with disabilities, such as her, such as my daughter, who is nonverbal autistic, choose to be like this for exploration and growth? Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard for us to understand because we think, why in the heck would anybody choose that? But usually those are very advanced souls mm -hmm. that come in because they want to, they want to explore what it's like to create in that kind of an environment and, and explore and experience it from that perspective. And perhaps the woman who asked this question, perhaps she had a role similar to her daughter in a past life. And she was the, you know, the child that had the issues. And this time she wanted to be the mother of, and then perhaps in the next lifetime, she might be the sibling of the, you know, the spouse of, the colleague of, the friend of, whatever. Because we look at things from a different perspective. An analogy, I talk in analogies a lot, Charlotte, because I think it gives our human minds a frame of reference for all this woo-woo stuff that we're talking about. And my analogy for past lives is, think of Hamlet. How many times has Hamlet been performed since Shakespeare wrote it in 1602? Mm -hmm. Well, who knows? But think of where was it performed? In what country? In what city? In what language? What was happening at that time in the world? Who were the actors? Who was the director? Who were the costumers? Same script, different perspective each time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I equate past lives to being. And then if we go back to the concept that time doesn't exist in the spirit world, a bunch of lifetimes is is perhaps not even a blip on the radar screen. That's my understanding of it. Another question along that line of choosing parents: Do we um, meet up with people that that we've known in, in other lives as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in in our current lives, everybody we know is a soulmate. Okay. Whether it's your parents, your siblings, your romantic soulmate, you know, it's Valentine's Day next week, your romantic soulmate, the checkout clerk at the grocery store is your soulmate. Uh -huh. Everybody that you know is a soulmate and we assume different roles. Yes. Okay. okay. And okay. you, and you catch up with them in heaven too. Oh, cool. Cool. cool yeah. Cool. Now here's an interesting question. Uh, the the uh, question is, you say we choose our parents. Are the wrong parents ever chosen? No. Okay. Never. Never. Because we're choosing parents. And if we have parents that are abusive or something really horrible happens, like they're they die when we're young or something, and we have we have struggles in our lifetime. Again, we're here to create. We mm -hmm. create out of the contrast. When we know what we don't want, it helps us create what we do want. And when we're done creating we die and we go back to heaven. And what do we do? We dream up something else to come back to try to create. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, you guys, because we all have animals that have passed away, whether it's dogs, cats, cows, whatever. Is the process of dying the same for animals? Great question. I don't see their litter mates around them mm -hmm. when they're dying. I don't see angels around them. I do see the spirit bubble. The spirit exits through the top of the head. I don't see all the 12 phases of transition uh -huh. with animals, but I can tell if an animal's dying because I can see the spirit bubble on top of their head. And I can communicate with the animal, even if it's unconscious. Same with humans. Endless stories about communicating with a loved one when they're dying and getting what their wishes are. Where's the... Where's the, do you have a will? If you do, where is it? What bank? And they'll say on the corner of Lane Avenue and <laughs> North Star at 
the XYZ bank and here's the box number and here's where you can find the key. I mean, we get, we even get sometimes that kind of detailed information. I had a woman ask me her husband passed and they had a storage unit and she needed to clean out the storage unit. She said, where's the key? So we got him on the line, which is instant. All you have to do is think of somebody and they come immediately in. And I, um, and he told us where the key was. And sure enough, it was right there where he told wow. us it was in his desk. I said, he says it's in his desk on the drawer on the left. She goes, well, he has three desks in his office. Which desk? <laughs> he told us. The, the other thing to remember too, Charlotte, anybody can communicate with spirit is that our heads are big satellite dishes. And they receive and they transmit frequencies. Every uh -huh. spirit has a frequency they keep throughout all their lifetime. So does every pet. And so in order to communicate with them, you just think of them and they immediately come in. And then you can ask them a question or make a statement and they're going to answer you and it's going to feel like a thought in your head. If you think of it for more than a couple of seconds, that's going to be your brain talking to you. But spirit's going to answer as fast as you can snap your fingers. Interesting. And, and furthermore, if you're doing something random, like folding laundry or just on a walk, and you're thinking about something unrelated to your deceased loved one, and they come into your head, all of a sudden you think of like, you think of your dad, that's him letting you know he's around you. It's kind of like the, did you ever watch Bewitched, the TV yeah. show? You know, Samantha Stevens would yell, mother. And Andorra would come in right away or Uncle Arthur or Dr. Bombay. <laughs> yeah. And they would come in right away. And and also she would snap her fingers and she'd be in a different location. That's how it worked. When I was a kid, I used to wish I could be like Samantha Stevens. And now I am. And I teach people how to do this. So I always laugh. I always think whoever wrote the screenplay to that TV show knew woo-woo because that's how it works. I find what you're saying interesting because when you talk about these different movies and TV shows, the one I think that that the movie wise that sounds closer to what you're saying is Made in Heaven with Timothy Hutton. Uh, I saw that, but I don't remember it. I, I'll have to watch yeah, it again. Guys, I mean, there's no. I mean, there's no people greeting him when, once he gets there. Yeah. Essentially, he meets his aunt. And his aunt says, yeah, all you have to do is think about a taste. Think about a place that you want to be and it'll be there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Made in heaven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and, and also I think a lot of the movies that are made, um, they, they're a, through the perspective of the screenwriter. Right. or the or the author of a book and everybody's going to perceive it a little bit different there's right. no set way there's no right or wrong whatever you perceive is right cuz you're looking at it through your frame of reference you know what have you experienced an example i use a lot is think of a gargoyle if we see a gargoyle, most of us in, in our Western cultures would say, oh, it all, that's kind of creepy. That's scary. But that's what we've been taught, that that's a scary critter, a scary oh. animal versus somebody that grows up in an indigenous tribe in the Amazon that's never seen one or never been taught to be afraid of it is going to say, oh, cool. Look at that. Look at that wild looking dog. What's up with that? Angels, same thing. Angels appear to me. Like I was taught, they look. Somebody growing up in the middle of the Amazon may see angel energy as a ball of purple energy. It may be totally different. So everybody's perspective is correct. And spirit's going to communicate in a way that we're going to be able to make sense out of something for which we don't have a frame of reference. Mm -hmm. That was my other thought even growing up was, you know, you, you think about, the other the, the the other churches the the other religions the other gods and i always thought like like you say it, it's the same god essentially except he's in different forms for all these other religions yeah yeah and and they're going to do it based on their culture mm -hmm. the, the you know the eastern cultures they've been honoring their elders and their the spirits of their elders they build altars to them they a lot of them have them in their homes Mm -hmm. to, you know, respect the elders and, and the elders will advise us. And Disney's great 
uh, depicting that. You know, a lot of their animated films, Frozen 2, I think is so woo-woo. And it and it really depicts a lot of what I resonate concepts with with which I resonate and um you know the whole thing about spirit and into the unknown you go into the unknown and I'm hearing this voice you know this voice that's in my head that keeps calling to me well that's that's spirit that's our spirit guiding us that's our guardian angel which by the way we keep throughout all of our lifetimes the same guardian angel and, um, you know, and it's deceased loved ones, spirits and our spirit guides too, that are, that are all this, this voice that's, that's calling us into the unknown and giving us guidance. I have one more question before we finish. This has been a great hour. What a blast with animals like dogs. I mean, you, there's that story of the rainbow bridge, you know, when, when they cross over, where do they go? They go to non-physical like us. They're in heaven. I I talked to a, a um, deceased dad today, and uh, he was talking about this dog that he had had as a child. And his wife told me, no, it was his wife. Yeah, it was his wife told me that when he was a kid, his family moved, and they left the dog on the front porch and drove off and left the dog there. And she said he was so traumatized by it that he never would agree to have a dog because it traumatized him for the rest of his life. And I said, well, he's letting you know that dog's there. He's with the dog now. So yeah, I thought, why would anybody do that? But uh, who knows? So, you know, until you pass away, you know, and you say your dog goes before you. Yeah. Where, where do they hang out? Or do they hang out with other relatives or, or how that works? Yeah, they're in heaven, but they're all, their spirits also around us. Okay, okay. All the time. I mean, if you think you're hearing your deceased pet or seeing it out of the corner of your eye or feeling it, you are. Mm -hmm. That's them okay. letting you know that they're around. Okay. Because again, they can be in multiple places at the same time in spirit okay. form. That's awesome. That's really, This has been really cool. I learned a lot. Wonderful. And if you go on her website, guys, you you can actually see the chart for, for for the twelve phases of transition. She's got it on her website. How can people find you? AskJulieRyan.com. And anybody that wants a free copy of my book, all you have to do is go on to AskJulieRyan.com. And Angelica Tennant, thank you for showing that. And then I have children's books: Angel Messages for Cats, Angel Messages for Kids, and Angel Messages for Dogs. Cool. And because I caught so much grief from the cat lovers because I put the dog book out first, Charlotte, it was hilarious. <laughs> but but the illustrations are just darling. Look how cute these are, you know, in this. How am I doing this? I'm doing this wrong. Here we go. Um, and and so just go on AskJulieRyan.com. Go to the Ask Julie page. Say, hey, I heard you on Charlotte's show and I would love a free copy of your book. And we will send you a digital and an audio book download download for free just for being a listener fantastic i want to thank you again for coming on in fact i would love later on you know a few months down the line to get you back anytime girl because just email awesome. me this was really very awesome. fun we can talk about other things in my buffet of psychicness absolutely i that love would it be great i love the whole woo thing i know <laughs> all right well thank you very much and i know it's late for you so i'm gonna let you off and uh Again, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely email you and set something up. We're, we're booking for March right now. So, so we're okay. like a month and a half ahead. So we'll see, see if we can get you in March or April and, and get, get you on again. I would love that. Thanks right, so thank much. You, Julia, I appreciate Bye, it. Bye, everybody. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, cool. I learned so much. That was really, really cool, especially with what went on today. It made me feel a lot better about things. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. The way to do that is to go down to where you see the little ghost with the hat on and the magnifying glass. Click on that and you can subscribe to the YouTube page. Also, you see that ticker at the bottom. This is my PBS moment. California Haunts is nonprofit. So uh, all, everything you see here, even my hat, you know, but the backdrop, you know, the, the, the mics, the the uh, lighting, everything, the computer comes out of my pocket. So if something breaks, I pay for it just like the internet and stuff. 
Uh, if you guys would, would feel it in your heart to donate to help me keep the show on the air and keep bringing guests like Julie Ryan on, that would be great. And you can do that at PayPal about me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, you can do that at Venmo and then just type in California Haunts because I would really appreciate it. Like I said, this all comes out of my pocket. Um, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hate the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here because we want to keep getting the word out. Uh, the web page for the show is CaliforniaHaunts. I'm sorry, I keep getting confused by two websites. CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and the show, uh, the the site for the paranormal team is CaliforniaHaunts.org, O-R-G. Okay. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Anna Marie Manalo is going to be back. With, Anna Maria Manalo is going to be back with us, ta- talking about the, her paranormal books that she writes and some of her adventures as a paranormal photographer and all that. So she's going to be with us tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. Pacific. But again, I want to thank Julie Ryan for coming on. I learned so much today, and I know I feel a lot better about about the process of dying, and and I, and I hope that you do as well. I'm going to be teaching a uh, class on protection on Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific. If you guys want to join in on that, check out at the website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and the, all the information's there. You know, so if you're interested in that sort of thing. But again, I want to thank you guys for coming. And again, if, if you can find it in your heart to, to donate, I would really appreciate it. Uh, the ticker's down there with the addresses to do that. Um, thank you so much. And I will see you. I'm going to go ahead and run Julie's information along with her books so you can get another look at them. And uh, I will see you tomorrow at the same time. Here we go. Website, AskJulieRyan.com. And we've got angelic attendance, angel messages, to dogs, or cats, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just got confused. angel messages for kids, and angel messages for cats, and angel messages, just angel messages for everybody. Anyway, thank you guys for coming, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a good evening.